0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@StevensCreekChurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hello, my name is Marty Baker, and I want to welcome you to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. Welcome to springtime in the south. You know, I love warm weather. And I know some of you this week, uh, you've been off of work, so you've probably been like many, working in the yard, planting flowers, maybe cutting your grass. Did you hear about the pastor that bought a lawnmower at a yard sale? The seller said, oh yeah, this runs great, it runs great. But the next day, the preacher brought it back. He said, I thought you said it ran great. I couldn't even get it started. He said, oh, it, it does run fine. But in order to start it, you first have to cuss up a storm. The pastor pastor said, wait, I'm not sure I can do that. I haven't used language like that in years. The seller said, ah, don't worry. Just keep pulling on that start cord and those words will come back to you in no time. That's funny now. (laughs) I have to laugh sometimes at my own jokes. Uh, But today we're continuing our series called What's Next? Now, several weeks ago, when we named this series, we didn't realize that we'd be facing a global pandemic. It seems like every day the situation is changing. And if you're like me, you're thinking, what's next? Some time ago, I sat in my office with a man that was fighting back tears. With a quiver in his voice, he told me that his wife left him for someone else. Now, I prayed with him and I said, You will get through this. A couple of days later, I found myself talking with someone at church. I listened as I heard the story of cancer and chemotherapy and so forth. I listened intently and then I said, you'll get through this. A couple of days after that, I was in another conversation where someone's house had been destroyed. Now, As they were telling me this story, I, I looked at them and I said, you will get through this. All of us face problems, but most of us have never faced anything like the COVID-19 pandemic. The long-term effects that this will have on our healthcare system or our financial markets or even our churches are yet to be seen. It's really scary, but we must rise up and be people of faith. We must be people of courage. Like I said last week, courage does not mean that you're not afraid Courage means that you will not let fear stop you. This pandemic is one of the most difficult things that you'll ever face in life. It's something that we can't go around, we can't go over, we can't go by it, but we've got to go through it. I'm confident that you can get through this. One of the most inspiring stories of the Bible is the Old Testament story of Joseph. It's told in the book of Genesis. Now here's some background. Joseph was one of the 12 brothers born to Jacob. They were the great sons of Abraham. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. These are the original patriarchs. This is probably the closest thing that the Bible comes to royalty. Now Jacob had two wives, Rachel and Leah, but he really only had one love, which was Rachel. With Rachel, Jacob had two sons. He had Joseph and he had Benjamin. While giving birth to Benjamin, there were complications and Rachel died during childbirth. When Rachel died, Jacob tried to hang on to her memory by focusing on Joseph. Now, the other boys knew that Joseph was daddy's little darling He got to stay home while they had to go to work. Joseph, daddy's little boy, got his coat of many colors while the others just had hand-me-downs. Joseph's brothers resented this special treatment and grew to hate their brother. One day, Jacob sent Joseph out to check on his brothers and they were working on a project about 50 miles away from home. We pick up the story in Genesis chapter 37, verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, notice this. They stripped Joseph of his coat. They tied him up. They threw him in a pit. They stripped him and then they threw him. Now, those are defiant verbs. It just tells us very clearly, these guys were angry with him. They had plans to kill Joseph. They had plans to hide his body. Now, I don't think that Joseph saw this assault coming. I don't think that Joseph woke up that morning and said, Huh, today I'm going to get thrown into a pit by my own brothers. He didn't see this coming. And neither did you. Joseph's pit came in the form of a cistern. Your pit may have come in the form of a just fill in the blank. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe it's a foster home. Maybe it's a traumatic injury. Joseph was thrown into a hole and despised. What about you? Maybe you were thrown into a divorce court and forgotten. Maybe you were thrown into a bed and abused. Maybe thrown into an unemployment line and passed over. Joseph's story, if you've read it or if you remember, it got worse before it got better. He would have died in that cistern had his brothers not been greedy. You see, instead of killing him, they sold him as a slave to a group of merchants. Then these merchants later auctioned him off. This enslavement eventually led to entrapment. He was falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison. Now Joseph's story was a downhill slide that led from one problem down to another for over a decade. Yet Joseph never gave up. Joseph decided that this was only a season in his life and that he was going to get through it. Do you remember what happened? When he was in prison, the king had a dream that perplexed him and the king couldn't figure out what it meant. Now, he shared this dream with the wisest people in the land, but nobody could interpret the dream. But then one of the king's servants remembered that Joseph had a God-given gift to interpret dreams. They brought Joseph to the king and he listened to the dream and he explained to the king that there would be seven years of abundance and 7 years of famine. In order to make it through these tough times, the king needed to store up grain during the years of plenty. The king recognized God's hand on Joseph's life and he made him the prime minister of Egypt. It's an amazing turnaround story. In one day, Joseph went from being a prisoner to prime minister. His life changed. Joseph was placed in charge of the largest relief effort in history. And as a result of his work, Joseph literally saved the world from famine. God set him free. God turned Joseph's life around. The same God that set Joseph free is here for you. I realize that none of us have been sold into slavery but how many of us have been plagued by problems? How many of you feel as though your back is against the wall? And you feel as though you're stuck in the same place that you've been in before? Today, listen, today your life can change. I'm serious. This is not a self-help lesson. I believe that the God has power to change your life. And if you want to get through what you're going through, there are four steps that I want you to take today. And if you'll do these four things, I sincerely believe that your situation and your very life will be different. You may want to get out a piece of paper and and write these down. Now, here's the first step. I want you to make this declaration. I declare that with God's help, I will get through this. Let's say that together. I declare with God's help, I will get through this. I want you to put your faith in God. I want you to turn your attention to God. Immerse yourself in the Bible. Make the decision to lean into God's word. You say, well, what does God's word say? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse five. He said, I will never leave you and I will never desert you. You're not alone. God is here, whether you feel Him or not. And in these tough times, you've got to allow God's Word to cover you. You may not feel Him. You may not feel Him when you're going through the surgery or when you're going through the sickness or when you're standing in the unemployment line. You may not feel Him, but He is here with you. And I want you to focus your thoughts on Him. Listen to the words of Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, and I declare with God's help, you will get through this. Joseph put his faith in God, even though the circumstances of his life didn't make sense to him. You know, the fact is that all of us go through problems and problems and pain have a way of transforming us. Pain never leaves you at the same place that you start. It'll either make you better or sometimes it'll make you bitter. It'll always take you to another place. You know, the secret of every winner, whether it's winning in business or winning in sports, winning in relationships or winning financially or spiritually or any other way, the secret of every single winner is one word. It's the word resilience. Resilience is the ability to bounce back. Why is this important? Because everybody goes through tough times. Everybody has failures. Everybody has flops. No one goes through life with unbroken success. Nobody goes through life with everything handed to them. We all have problems and pains and pressures and difficulties. And the difference between winners and losers is that winners, when they get knocked down, they get back up. But losers stay down. And I want you to declare this. I declare that with God's help, I will get through this. I want you to be resilient. I want you to keep on keeping on. I want you to keep going. Winners get knocked down, but they get back up. They have the same problems that losers do. They just have resilience. Now back to the Bible, Joseph had resilience. Now what was his secret? The secret is right here. It's perspective. Joseph put his faith in God even though the circumstances of his life did not make sense to him. I realize some of the circumstances that you're going through don't make sense to you. I want you to look to the Lord. I want you to declare that with God's help that I'll get through here, here's the second declaration: I commit to pray through the pain until the answer comes. Stevens Creek Church is a congregation that is committed to prayer. Our church, our community and our nation is in crisis. This past Thursday, I called our church to 21 days of prayer. Now, we normally do this in January and in August, but these are not normal times. We need the Lord like never before. People in our community need hope. So every morning during this season, I want you to join with me and pray. Our staff will be leading you in prayer at 7 a.m. every day on Facebook Live. We're praying that this pandemic will be stopped, that people will be healed. But most of all, we're praying that people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're personally going through right now, but I believe that you can get through it in prayer. And this is not a time for those shallow, stoic prayers. This is a time to cry out to the Lord. We have to press through the pain. We have to press through the problems until the answer comes. I think that a necessary part of getting through a tough time is an honest, heartfelt conversation with the Lord. Jesus, when He was in the garden, prayed with loud cries and tears. Now is the time for us to cry out. We cry out to the Lord. We, we pray through our, pray, our pain. If you're hurting, tell God about it. It's, it's okay to be gut level honest. Part of getting through this tough time is getting honest with God. Pray your pain out. Now, we're not used to this. We're used to hearing sweet and sanitized prayers. Like the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. May the Lord give you a safe trip home and make everything work out. When you think about it, prayers in the Bible are different than our prayers. If you read the Bible, you'll often see that people came after God. They chased God. They were persistent in their prayers. I mean, Abraham came after God. Moses came after God. David, Isaiah, they they came after God. They're saying, God, don't ignore me. You promised, help me. Please help me. And people would say, wait a minute, you can't talk to God that way. But God wasn't offended. He was honored by their persistence and their boldness. We see in the scriptures in Luke chapter 11 and verse 10 For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Most of us like quick prayers. We like to pray it on Monday and have an answer by Thursday. You need to know that just because you ask it on Monday does not mean that you'll receive it on Thursday. Sometimes you have to ask time and time again. But I want you to continue to come to the Lord in persistence because the Bible says everybody who asks and seeks and knocks and asks and seeks and knocks and asks and seeks and knocks, those people will receive. The door will be open. I know your pain may be great, but don't give up. I want you to pray until the answer comes. Now, I said there's four things. Now, here's number three. And I want you to declare this. I choose to forgive and I refuse to be bitter. I meet so many people who are stuck in life because they refuse to forgive someone for what they've done. If we want to get through what we're going through We must forgive. We must release those offenders. Here's what I mean by that you've got to release them from the debt that they owe. You know, a lot of people don't understand what forgiveness really is. You know, to help you understand what forgiveness is, it's good to talk about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not pretending that something never happened. Forgiveness is not saying that what happened was good or it's right. Forgiveness is not a casual glossing over of an offense. It's not deciding to let people run all over you. Forgiveness is a choice we make to release someone from a debt they owe us. Joseph did not gloss over his brother's actions. He said in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, You intended to harm me. Joseph stated the truth. He called them out for their actions. He had an opportunity to get even with his brothers, but instead of getting even, he released them. I think too many people get stuck in life because they're unwilling to forgive someone who has hurt them. They allow the hurt and the anger to turn inward. And when hurt and anger turns inward, it becomes bitterness. And bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. And Joseph was very clear. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I said there's four things that I want you to do. And here's the fourth and final one. Make this declaration. I will not despair, but I will trust that God will bring something good out of this problem. Joseph said that God intended it for good. There's a parallel passage in the New Testament that echoes this same thought. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Bad things happen to all of us. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, He promises to bring something good out of the bad things that happen to us. You know, those things that are beyond our control, those difficult things. Look, the things that are beyond your control are not beyond God's control. I think one of the reasons so many people are stressed out during this season is because they're trying to work out all these problems on their own. It's time to invite God into your life. It's time to give your life to Jesus. He promises to take uh, the negative things and turn them around. Here's what I know. You're gonna get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick, but God will use this mess, this problem, this difficulty that you're in for good. In the meantime, don't be foolish and don't be naive, but don't despair either. With God's help, you will get through this. The news of this week has been difficult to hear. The pain and the suffering of so many, the uncertainty of our our own community, our friends, our family members, our, our finances. They're scary, but we don't have to live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us a spirit of love, power, and self-discipline. You're going to get through this, but you've got to turn your life over to the Lord. And maybe some of you have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You don't even know what this is. Christianity thing is all about. You know, you've heard about God and Jesus and Christmas and Easter, but you really don't know about it. One thing that I want you to understand today is I'm not here trying to get you to join our religion. You know, religion can be spelled with two letters, D O. It's all those things you have to do to make an angry God happy with you. I'm not into that. I want to talk to you about a relationship. A relationship with God. And you can spell that, not D-O, but D-O-N-E. It's about what Jesus has done for you. In other words, He is connecting you with God. That's how you get to God is through a personal relationship with Jesus. Today can be your day. So many times when we think about a personal relationship with Jesus or talking to God, we we think about these long prayers, but oftentimes it's the short prayers, the simple prayers that say, God, help me, or God, save me, or God, heal me, or God, guide me. It's praying those kind of prayers that I think really moves us into the presence of the Lord. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that that you would take your next step toward God. And for those of you that have never made a decision to follow Christ, that this would be the day that you'd say, Jesus, save me. But I want to also pray for those believers. Those believers that... uh, that you need help and you need encouragement. You need the presence of the Lord in your life. I know I'm I'm that way. As I've been looking at this week and Patty and I've joined together, we need a power that's greater than ourselves. And that power is available if we only ask. So are you ready? So what do you need God to do in your life? He's here. Just ask. I don't know where you're watching this. Maybe you're uh, in a living room watching it on Roku, or maybe you're sitting on the couch with a laptop or in your bedroom, or maybe you're listening to the podcast as you're driving down the road. If you're driving down the road, pull over to the side, and let's have a short time to pray together. Because I believe this prayer can change your life. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are watching today. I pray, first of all, for those that have never made a decision to follow Christ. And as they pray this prayer, God, I ask that you would change your life forever. Just say this. I want you to pray this when they Say, Jesus, say that. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Say that. Say, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. Fill me with your presence. And Father, I pray not only for those that are making decisions right now, but I pray uh, for our church family, our church family that's uh, really struggling today. Maybe it's because of uh, this fear of the unknown. Maybe it's because of a family crisis. Maybe it's because of a relationship or a financial concern. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would cover them that you would allow your presence just to cover them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I speak to you today. I speak the peace of the Lord on you. And church, I just want you to say, God, I receive what you have for me. Just say that. God, I receive what you have. I receive your peace. Say that. I receive your peace in Jesus' name. I receive your provision in Jesus' name. I receive your favor in Jesus' name. It's in your name I trust and I believe, and it's in your name I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I believe we're going to get through this, but here's what I need you to do. We've been asked to, uh, to meet only in small groups, to have social distancing. And that is so important to stop the spread of a virus. But let me say this, we need each other during this time too. And so I want you to figure out ways to connect with people. Your church family, your church family needs you. And so figure out ways, you're you're smart folks, and you can figure out ways uh, to connect. And some of you may think, well, I can't call him or her because they're busy. They've got their own family and all that. If God is prompting you to call, pick up the phone and call. Send that text. We've got to be very intentional during these days to connect with people. So we're doing this week by week. And so what I want you to do is to share this message with people who need to hear it. And I want you to continue uh, to pray as we continue our 21 days of prayer emphasis. We're gonna be joining together tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. and we're gonna call on the name of the Lord and we believe God is gonna hear and answer our prayers. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church,